Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast, and it is absolutely amazing. They have characters, they have actors, they have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all gotta check this out. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I, I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I gotta tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and it's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all gotta check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey y'all, it's your fan Black Fluid Poet. Yo, 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 check it out. You got your phone on you right now. You right by your laptop. Yo, peep it. What you gotta do is you gotta go to votesocialist2024.com and you gotta check out the baddest mamma jamma on the political platforms right now, Claudia De La Cruz. Read about her. Learn about her. She's a Latinx from the Bronx, baby. She's been working in activism and helping people all over her whole life. She is the truth. She is what is happening. And you got to look into it because if you're tired of the way politics is going right now, you better ask somebody about Claudia. Claudia got your back. Look into it. VoteSocialist2024.com socialist 2024 Com. Remember to love yourselves, baby, like a Palestinian loves Palestine. <laughs> hey, y'all. It's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from my humble abode of books. What's good? I'll tell you. I am back, right? Um, I've always... Well, not always. That's not true. Stuff was happening before I was born. But as soon as I was made aware of the plight of Palestinians, I have been in support of Palestine. And since October 7th, I have been adamant. I have been fervent. I've been passionate. And then I lost steam. I was overwhelmed by the depictions of violence, by the hate. By many Zionists, there were Israelis and their messages and their videos of them depicting Palestinians as some sort of a Middle East blackface. And I was angry with, with my president and I'm angry with Congress. And I've been frustrated, you know, disappointed by, by Katie uh, Porter and um, had to let go of a lot of friendships uh, in the last couple of weeks. You know, people who just were full of shit and... Um, I've had to let go of weak-minded people as well. Um, I've had to let go of a lot of people who go, well, what do we do now? Um, because they didn't really want to know what to do. They wanted to know if I had a plan and if I didn't have a plan for them to do something, well, then there was no reason to put any faith behind this pro-Palestinian movement. 
because they weren't interested in collaborating. They weren't interested in fighting. They just want to make sure they're on the winning team. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they're waiting to see who's going to take the lead in this and then they're going to jump to wherever it is that is convenient for them. So I had to let go of people like that. And I've been a loner most of my life, so I'm okay with it. Um, there's not going to be much grieving in, in that area. What I want to talk about right now, though, is passion. Passion is something that oftentimes we equate with sex, we equate with romance. But to be passionate, to have every fiber of your being move as one in a specific direction towards a thing, be it love, be it justice, be it peace, be it freedom, to be passionate about it is to be loyal to my idea or my dream or an end goal that I would like to see happen. When I was uh, an undergrad at, at Virginia Commonwealth University, I remember sitting in a class and I remember thinking this one student was so passionate. She was like, man, fuck police and police violence. Man, fuck this system. Look what they're doing to black queer people. Man, black queer, you know, trans women are, are, are being killed every day. And, and this is all bullshit. And I don't know why the fuck we got a da 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 da. And I was like, God, man, she is like, she is on one. And I was like, you know, I was in my 40s. This was like a 19-year-old young woman. And I was like, damn, like, we need more of that, you know. And I'm talking to a professor, the, the professor who was leading that class. It was, uh, it was an AFAM, an African-American studies class. And I remember talking to him like, yo, that student, man, she is passionate. And he said, yeah, I love them when the baby woke. And I said, baby woke? What's that about? I said, that sounds kind of belittling. He said, it is. It is belittling in a way. He said, but let me explain. And I said, all right. He said, baby woke is like, for you or me, it would be like finding a $5 bill on the ground. It's nice. It's nice. We could use it. But it's not going to change the fact that we're still under the poverty line. And I was like, okay. All right. And he goes, yeah, she's angry. No doubt. She knows who to be angry with. And at. But it ain't going to change her circumstances. It's not going to change our circumstances. It's not going to change anybody's circumstances that she is simply angry. It's great. It's a good start. She found her anger the same way you and I would find a $5 bill. And, and we know what to do with it. You know, we direct it at what we are angry at or who we're angry at. And she, she's got that part solid. She's got it down to a science. And I said, okay, we're laughing. You know, he said... But next time you're in class with her, ask her if she knows how to help, if she knows what to do next, if she thinks uh, of any solutions or moving in any direction to, to change the system. And I bet she won't have a clue. And I was like, damn, dog, like. But I mean, at least she's off the start. He said, no, I'm not. I'm not dismissing the fact that she's off to a start. But it's, it does begin a trend of people just screaming into the void. 
and and that that might be helpful for your own personal spiritual relief, you know, to get it out. But then what? He said people are doing a lot more screaming now, but there's a lot less organizing. I was like, damn, yeah, good point. That you have to harness passion. You have to harness it. You know, when Mike Brown died, I was still at BCU. And I mean, I was I was fed up at that point, man. We had already dealt with, you know, George Zimmerman and his bullshit. We dealt with uh I believe it was the Cleveland Police Department when they killed Tamir Rice. I was just um you know, Eric Gardner in New York City. And then Mike Brown happened and I was fucking fed up, man. I remember I was just fed up. I think it was, I want to say it was 2014. And the tears were coming down my face. I was, I was on campus at VCU. And I remember I just, I left my books on, on some ledge and I just walked. I, I, I was walking off campus. I was fucking livid. And in my head, I was pretty confident that I was going to buy a gun and greyhound around the country killing the police officers that did the killing. I, I mean, I really believed that was my next move. <clears throat> and I was walking past the African American Studies Department office. And with the tears running down my face, I walked in. And I walked up to the chairs, uh, the department chair's office, knocked on the door. Nobody answered. I heard his voice. I opened the door and walked in. And this is some shit I would not suggest anybody to do. But he was on the phone. He looked, took one look at me, saw the tears coming down my face. And he said, look, I got to call you back. And I applaud him for that. I'm, I'm very grateful that he did that. He said, what's going on? And I said, can I sit down? And he said, yeah, sure. And I sat down. And I said, I need you to tell me why it's wrong to go out here and start killing these motherfuckers. Like, I've been here. I've been here. I've been here over 40 years. I've seen what they do. I've seen what they do to protesters. I've seen what they do to motherfuckers walking with signs and singing Kumbaya. And nobody cares that they're violent anymore. You know, the civil rights movement, it was different to see the dogs being sicked on kids and fire hoses being shot on them and, you know, at that time, that was nobody ever saw that before, especially on television, especially live on the news, and it was just incredible. Now, violence is everywhere. Ain't nobody thinking about that shit. We can go out here and protest. They can kill us right there dead in the street, and everybody would just go on with their job. They, they go right back to work the next day, go on with their lives, wouldn't think twice about it. I said, but if we go out here and start smoking these fools, maybe, maybe, they'll be like, yo, we need to take a look at this because... Motherfuckers ain't playing no more. And the tears, I mean, they're dripping off my chin, man. I, I couldn't breathe. I was so angry. And he said, John, you need to understand something. When you, when you came to college, you were accepting your position in life. And I said, what, what, do you, what do you mean? I don't understand what you mean. He said, look, were you ever in the military? And I said, yeah, I was in the military. He said, where'd you go? And I said, I went army. He said, where's your MOS? And I said, I went infantry. He said, infantry? And I said, yeah, man. I said, you know, I never really had a dad. I wanted to be like, you know, 
hyper-masculine. You know, I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be fighting. I wanted to be in combat. I wanted to be stronger. I wanted to be more muscular. I wanted to be harder. <clears throat> and he said, how did that work? And I said, I was there about a couple months and I realized these motherfuckers wanted me to kill some people in the Middle East to keep the price of gasoline down. And I was like, yeah, no, no, I can't do this. And I got a dishonorable discharge and I got sent home. And he said, right. Because your life was worth more than the price of gasoline. And I said, yeah. He goes, okay. Do you think it would be a waste at 40 years old to spend the next 40 years sitting in prison waiting to die? Do you think about all you could have done while you were sitting in prison? Because I promise you this. You go out here and kill a couple of white cops. If you make it back alive to make it to trial, you go into prison. And you know what's going to happen then? And I said, what? He said, nothing. There'll still be oppression. Black people, unarmed black people will still be shot on the side of a highway. They'll still be shot coming in, going into a store, coming out of a store. A young black boy will be shot in the park playing with a toy gun. And you could have done something about it. But you're just wasting away in a prison cell now. Yeah, you may get a couple of them and you may feel a little bit better about that. But you're not going to put a dent in the change that needs to happen. And it, it, it made me cry harder and it made me angrier and it also gave me relief because I knew he was right. In my heart of hearts, I knew he was right. And I was mad at myself for not being angry enough to just go through with it. But what he said was so reasonable that I couldn't argue. I don't know what it will take for the powers that be to do something decent on behalf of Palestinian people. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I know it's possible because I've seen more impossible things happen, like the abolition of slavery, like the civil rights movement, like the Black Power movement, like the Black Panthers inspiring the nation to have free breakfast programs around the country, like Angela Davis teaching communism at UC Berkeley. I've seen impossible. I've seen a Black man standing at the president's podium. That was impossible before Barack did it. What kind of a president he was, we could argue about that later. But he did the impossible. <clears throat> Is it possible for Palestinians to have a state? Yep. It, does it look like it's going to happen? No. But that's where passion comes in. Passion don't give a fuck about rationale. It doesn't give a fuck about statistics of probability. When you believe, look, look at any Christian coming out of church two in the afternoon on a Sunday afternoon. All right. Look at what they're wearing. Look at the smile on their face. They've just reaffirmed their belief in the son of God and how their sins are forgiven. Now, do they have any proof? <laughs> no. No. Do they have a shred of evidence? That this is probable. Oh, they don't. Not even a little. 
but they have passion and they believe. I've seen a Palestinian man pray at five o'clock in the morning in Teaneck, New Jersey. I was praying right next to him. And his prayers, his voice, amazing. And you couldn't tell him Palestinian wasn't going to be a state in 24 hours. I have evidence. I have evidence that miracles occur. Things that in a million years we never thought possible and it becomes possible. Someone once said, you know, everything is impossible until somebody does it. The March on Washington during the Civil Rights Movement, over 100,000 people. It was the largest March on Washington that had ever happened before. I think about the fact that I'm 53 years old. I have survived a violent mother, an absent father, the crack epidemic, the AIDS epidemic, homelessness, heroin addiction, the military, uh, bouts of depression without medication, not even being diagnosed yet. One really toxic marriage. Three suicide attempts, two overdoses. I am still here. So don't you tell me simply because something is unlikely or unprobable that it is impossible. Those are different terms. I've seen people, I've had close friends who looked at somebody and said, I'm going to marry them. And five years later, there I was at their fucking wedding. Passion is a steamroller. Passion is like, I wish a motherfucker would get in my way. And oftentimes, when we are passionate about something and, and anxious thoughts come, like, what if it doesn't work? What if this goes bad? What if it goes wrong? What if somebody gets hurt? Just like when I was exercising and I was doing my physical training in the military and I couldn't do another push-up and my arms were quivering and my whole body ached and I just, it felt like I was going to die if I did one more push-up. And my drill sergeant saying, that is weakness leaving the body. Do one more. And I fucking did one more. That doing one more was passion. When all the evidence suggested this was not going to happen, passion said, hold my beer. (laughs) We're going to get this one more in right here. When we are having anxious thoughts and we are afraid, and I'm at a protest, I'm like, damn, I hope I don't go to jail. I hope this doesn't go bad. I hope things get better. I, you know... What's going to happen? Oh, shit. I see police everywhere. Oh, man. You know, what's going on? All those anxious thoughts. What if it doesn't work? What if all the Palestinians die? What if Israel just goes the fuck in and takes over all these other countries? What if? Oh, my God. What about this? What about that? All those anxious thoughts and fears. 
That is weakness leaving the mind. To make room for the passion that does not give a fuck what that anxiety what that anxiety is trying to say right now. I move forward on my pro-Palestinian protests and speeches and talks about this and rants because I don't give a fuck about probability. I know it's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is for Israel to beg for Palestinian people's forgiveness, give back that land, have some land concessions, and bring about a two-state solution because nobody is going anywhere. And Israel and the United States are going to have to make a choice between being hated perpetually forever and have to worry about people getting their lick backs or giving up on the idea of completely consuming Palestine. Now, one is more likely than the other. Especially, I mean, the, the irony. Can you, can you just imagine the irony This is Native People's History Month. This is is Indigenous People's History Month. While Israel is trying to colonize Palestine with the help of the UK, Australia, and the United States. And the Thanksgiving Day Parade is still going on in three days. If there isn't a pro-Palestine protest during the Macy's Day Parade... I will be forever in shock and disappointment because passion doesn't give a fuck about what might happen on that day. Passion says that is the perfect place for a protest. Perfect. I think about those who came before us, Ella Ella Baker, SNCC, you know, Bayard Rustin, King, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, the list is just Dr. Angela Davis. Like, man, this list is so long. How do you turn your back when all of these people have devoted so much to this passion and built it? Like, literally, it was was like a pebble being flicked off the top of a mountain and it is now an avalanche. How do you not acknowledge the power of where we've come, how we've gotten here? Through the abolition of slavery, the Civil War, Vietnam, like the Civil Rights Movement, like the suffrage movement, feminism. Dude, like, do you understand like how how much it's taken to get to this point? And it's all connected. Passion moves us closer to justice. And the reason why it takes so long is because so many people are afraid of that voice. You know the voice. The voice when you're a kid and you see a fucking bully picking on a smaller kid. And that voice goes, go over there and punch him in the face. Fuck that bully. And all the anxiety goes, but what, you know, then you're going to get hurt. What are they going to do to you if you do that? That right there, that is what I equate to America. That, that what, what about me? What's going to happen to me if I do this? What, what's going to happen to me if I don't vote for Joe Biden, man? Then that means, you know, Trump's going to take over and Project 2025 is going to like annihilate the planet. 
<laughs> I kind of laugh at that, but that's how people think. These are people who have never had to rely on their passion. You, you dig what I'm saying? Like when I say rely on your passion, I mean when all the evidence around you says you are not going to make it. I mean, there's just no chance. Bro, I was the youngest of nine kids in a two-bedroom apartment in the projects with a mother drinking herself to death and a father nowhere to be found. I am a 53-year-old man now with a graduate degree, valedictorian of my high school, while my mother was in prison. Don't tell me shit is impossible. Ask yourself why you run to the, the you, you run into obstacles. Like you look for a wall to run into and go, see, it's not gonna work. Can we just give up now? Hell no. You think we got here because motherfuckers gave up? Do you think that's how we got here? All those people singing songs, clapping hands, and ending up in trees. All those people who lost their children in church bombings, who were shot dead by the police in Chicago and Los Angeles and Harlem and Cleveland and Detroit. And now after all of that, after Ferguson, after seeing a damn armored truck with an M60 on top aimed at a bunch of unarmed black people in Missouri. And how later on that same night, it was Palestinians who messaged black people in Missouri to tell them how to save their, their vision from tear gas. It was Palestinians who painted Black Lives Matter banners all over Gaza. And I've had some people with the audacity to tell me my ancestors fought for these rights. I'm not just going to give them up by not voting for Joe Biden. Well, House Negro, I'm sorry to hear that. But you get ahead and clean them curtains and the rest of us out here in the field, we'll figure out how to escape without you. Because you're already lost. As, as the conscious leader put it, you're already lost in the sauce. There is no democracy without liberty for Palestinian people because our government has a hand in it. If they can do it to them, they can do it to us and we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. I don't care what people's rationale is. Hey, look, man, you know, with the Electoral College, we just don't have the votes, man. We're going to lose. I, look, I'm voting for Claudia de la Cruz. That shit ain't up for debate. Son, that's my passion. This is what I want. I wanted to see socialism in the United States since I was in my 30s, man. I've always known that was the right direction. And I am not going to stop now because you want to put up some statistical spreadsheet to tell me why there ain't enough white people who give up their comfort for us. They ain't never wanted to give up their comfort. You think the slave owners wanted to give up slaves? Huh? You think Mississippi wanted to share the bus? <clears throat> you think in Alabama during that bus boycott, Miss, you know, Alabama was just like, well, I mean, screw it. It's not a big deal. I guess whites and blacks can sit together. No. They had to lose money for a whole year. A whole year. 
Son, we've been at this a month, month and a half. Whoo, this is a long road. And understand, I have so much passion about this that I accept the fact that I may not see the end result in my lifetime. But I do my part. <coughs> you ever see like in old Western, Western movies when there's a fire and all the guys get in the line and they all start moving the buckets of water left to right, left to right, left to right. And they're just passing it down the line and the one guy on the end is throwing the water on the house, right? Do you think the guy... A hundred feet away from the house. Do you think that he is planning to see the end result of that one bucket that he just picked up and passed? Or is he just passing water until somebody tells him, all right, we're done, the fire's out. That's what we're doing here. That's what these protests are about. I, I don't see this being done by election time in November. I don't see this being finished just because... You know, right after Black Friday, you know, after after our, our government loses some money, they might turn around and just turn over a new leaf and be like, you know what? I just don't feel like killing any more brown people in the Middle East anymore. That's never going to happen. These kinds of people must be brought to their knees. And we can't do that physically to them. We are going to have to find another way. And I am telling you, any level of protest is a good protest. Any passion that we have to make things right, grassroots organizations, different political parties, you want to see it, you wish you could vote for it, make it, and then you can vote for it. People who are like, oh, I could never run for office. Why the fuck not? If Donald Trump could get the presidency, my God, your ass could be on the school board tomorrow. And I'm being serious about this, man. It, you have to dream it first. You have to dream it first, no matter what. The most impulsive act of a human being still had to have forethought. You have to decide to run before you run. You have to decide to fight before you ever throw a punch. You have to decide that Palestinians deserve liberty and justice long before you go to the protest. Long before you're facing possible jail time. Long before you might get hit with a rubber bullet or tear gas. You are there because you understand that whatever freedom you have is on borrowed time. You are leasing your liberty in this country. And the fact that most of America wants a ceasefire and our government is not following through shows exactly what our government thinks of us. And if we don't turn up this fire, we are going to pay with our lives. At the least, all of our freedom. Y'all love yourselves. Love yourselves like a Palestinian loves Palestine. And if you fall short, you can start your day over anytime, anywhere with anybody because loving yourself is the most important thing you can do with your very next breath. I'll see you online. Peace, fam. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, 
The way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care.